c'est vrai. Je suis un ananas. Now, in the uh, towers of uh, Edmonton... I'm not a Tory. I don't speak on both sides. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. to Fat, French, and Fabulous. I'm Jessica. And I'm Janelle. And we should all be super proud of Jessica this week because she did Yay! a comedy thing and it went good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it did go good. I was really excited. I, uh, uh, I as an autistic person, was uh, was opening for, uh, for a fellow in a wheelchair. And I'm pretty sure there's a joke in there somewhere, but it is deeply offensive. <laughs> the special, it is several no, levels of I was okay. going to call it the Special Olympics of Comedy, but I think that might be a hate crime. <laughs> So I'm maybe not going to say that. Except, very well might be. Except for that I just did. Into a microphone. <laughs> you did. Yeah. And you recorded it and we're going to put it on the internet. Yeah. That is our brand. <laughs> yeah. That's I thought good. you were going to say that you were you were like, congratulations everyone. Jessica only mildly scalded her stomach this time. <laughs> oh, that too. But I don't know how much of your personal dirty laundry I should air on the internet. So I'm just going to, I guess all of it. I guess you're, this is carte blanche All of it. All of it today. For me to just, just all of it. If you have. want to give me fax me over a copy of your history of utis i'd be happy to post that on the internet you know (laughs) anything prescription history how often you have planters uh... warts just you know (laughs) send that shit over we'll air it on the internet all right just just poetic readings of all of my various unsightly blemishes upon my pimply pimply butt (laughs) okay good that's why this is an audio format and not a visual mm. one, because no one needs mm. to see us. We cannot be trusted with visual aids. In oh, any case, God, no. <laughs> fun stuff. We are starting off with a, uh, I'm under the impression we have a mysterious death. Yay! It's, I picked the topic this week, so yeah. kiss your childhood sense of wonder goodbye. <laughs> if Bambi didn't strip it from you, this will. <laughs> the world is a dark void and it's coming for your happiness. Mm. Thousand years from now, time will obliterate you and any sign you were ever here. I, for one, welcome the heat death of the universe. I don't think that's coming in a thousand years, Jessica. You, (laughs) (laughs) we we have a little more time than that. How how like how bad is global warming? Are we speeding it up? (laughs) Are we? Are we heating the whole universe? Are we like I, I don't like, think... like your dad always said, like close the door. You know we're not heating the whole universe. <laughs> I don't think, uh, you know, driving to work every day instead of taking the bus is going to speed up the heat death of the universe. <laughs> I don't have a degree in physics, but I feel confident making that statement. We have not. That's that's the real that's the real cause of global warming. It's just people choosing to extremely profligate lifestyles based off of existential dread. Yeah, so uh, I guess the the moral here is recycle, or the universe will die sooner. I don't. I don't. It's a difference of milliseconds, but it make it count. I don't think it even is. I. <laughs> the world will end, and there's nothing we can do about it. Great. So... I'm looking forward to it personally. All right, so this week we are talking about the mysterious death of Alexander Grant, and this is the first topic we've had suggested by a listener, which is kind of fun. Yay! Or rather, a reader. This is actually somebody who reached out to me via my cracked account. So, yeah. kind of fun. I write... They can read and write. Oh, that, literacy. Those are skills I value. Uh, I don't yeah. appreciate receiving anonymous voicemails from the internet. <laughs> so, 
You keep on reading there, kids. That's absolutely. This may come as a shock to our regular listeners, but most of my cracked articles and most of what I've published to date is uh, true crime and horror. Most of what I covered <sighs> for cracked was was horrible, mysterious, unsolved crimes, which is completely unlike me. You don't say. I know. So somebody reached out to tell me, I got a, yeah, I got a, I got an anonymous message telling me that I should look into the unsolved death of a man named Alexander Grant. Which, uh... Huh. I accept advice from the internet. Absolutely. That's a smart idea. When you receive an anonymous message telling you to go digging into an unsolved death, the first thing you should do is that you should go digging into an unsolved death. So I Obviously. did. I did. <laughs> and, uh, holy fuck. Buckle up. Because this, mm. this one is out there. And also, like, if I know anything about narrative flow, this does mean that Janelle's going to die. Oh, wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah. You like you're the you're the you're the plucky you're the plucky reporter looks digging into a mysterious death based off a based off of a mysterious tip you got. I'm pretty sure you're gonna get murdered by a poltergeist, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh god damn it! I didn't think that far ahead. I thought it would just be like the plucky reporter from The Help, who just mm. gets to tell other people's stories and then get credit for it instead of them. Yeah, just. That is that is the story of being white in America, isn't it? Yeah, I just I just want to be like the journalist in the help who just tells a bunch of underprivileged people stories, and then gets all the fame and credit and money. Yeah, sounds good to me. That's great. Who wants to Who wants to be poor and endure suffering and hardship? No, Ugh. I'm gonna opt out. <laughs> mm. I just want to talk about it. <laughs> gonna uncheck that box on my invitation to life. Mm, We're good. No. <laughs> I'm good. That's why I moved to New York City with no money. That's what you do mm. when you don't yep. want to be poor. Because this is a city where I it costs thousands upon thousands of dollars to be broke. It's great. I can hear your sadness. It's you, beautiful. It seeps through my pores. It has a resonance. <laughs> after after I left my teenage years, I no longer had a problem with my skin producing oil. Now my skin just produces existential dread. It just comes off me in waves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could use recordings of your voice to, like, cure meats. And, uh... <laughs> And tan leathers. Just give them a certain, certain je ne sais quoi of existential sadness. I have no idea what that means, but it's the best thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. Recordings of her voice could cure meats. <laughs> and tan leathers. And then 10,000 years from now, they're going to find me and they're going to be like, this was the high priestess of meat. There's no other explanation. <laughs> They made her sit in a hut and talk to meat all day. And she was much cherished by the community. They fed her well. That's how she got so fat. <laughs> Clearly, she was... This, this must be like some, some kind of wealthy patron. Some, some kind of like high-status individual in the tribe. That's what I want on my business cards. Janelle Como, meat priestess. <laughs> See, I just, I just like the fact that anytime you, uh... Anytime you find someone buried with a sword, you call them a warrior. <laughs> and anytime, anytime they're buried with something vaguely phallic, you say it was for ritual purposes. Oh, good. That's awesome. Definitely not an ancient dildo. No, he didn't just peg himself to death and then get <laughs> buried by nature. That's, that almost never happens. <laughs> almost never. All right. I mean, Pompeii may have had a couple, but... Uh... <laughs> good. Well, if, if you have any raw meat that you were hoping to have cured... Uh, go retrieve it and hold it next to your headphones while we listen to this episode. 
Because my voice will imbue it with a nice smoky undertone, apparently. Mm. Smoky <laughs> undertone of sadness. Oh, good. good. That's awesome. So, background. Awesome. Uh, background into Alexander Grant. One of the things that makes this particular case so creepy is the fact that Alexander Grant was basically a stable, great kid who was good at everything. And that's not normally the kind of kid you expect to end up dead under very mis- strange and mysterious circumstances. No, you mostly think, like, you know... You know, like, several excellent references and, a, you know, a very interesting, but, like, somewhat bland at the same time, you know, uh, personal letter in his law school application. That's usually where you'd see somebody like that. Yeah, when you kind of think about the person who ends up dead, you you have a certain vision in your head because you're a racist, classist piece of shit. Yeah. It's kind of And also because murder is usually a terrifying windmill of various forms of oppression that mean that you can't keep yourself away from knives. That sounds like a, a Cards Against Humanity card. A terrifying windmill of various forms of oppression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, the mere fact that I own a home makes me very less likely to be stabbed. I would pair that with the card, things you shouldn't put in your butt. Because <laughs> you shouldn't. Good, good. That just reminds me of playing that game with my mom. <laughs> awesome. Gross. Not that she once paired wifely duties with projectile vomiting, so, uh... Your home is a little shop of horrors that produces people who look just like your mother. We're like a Xerox of crazy people. <laughs> awesome. So Alexander Grant was born in Lake Forest, Illinois, which is basically a generic place of birth, if ever there was one. Mm. If I had to invent a fictional birthplace. Small town nowhere. If, yeah, if I had to come up with a fictional birthplace for just an all-American kid, having absolutely no knowledge of U.S. geography, I think I could come up with Lake Forest, Illinois. <laughs> it's just two nouns in a boring just state. Mash two descriptors of the general landscape together and then just slap on an inoffensive state. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're lucky that we come from Edmonton and not Grey Tundra, Alberta. I mean, I am from Grand Prairie. <laughs> There's nothing grand about it. They just named it that to make themselves feel better. Yeah, and everyone thinks it's French because it's got an E on the end. <laughs> okay, it's not. Uh, so I actually mm. looked up the town of Lake Forest, Illinois, and it is a small city of 20,000 people in Northeast Illinois, and it had on-the-books discrimination laws against African Americans and Jews until 1990. I put in brackets in my notes. That is not a typo. So they celebrated the coming of my birth by uh, finally chucking out that old, like, no Jews, no no blacks rule? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Uh, Alexander's oh. family was actually Jewish, or his father was Jewish, and the children were raised both in his father's Jewish faith and his mother's Roman Catholic faith, which is kind of cool. Huh. They were like, in- instead of picking holidays, let's just do... All of the above, please. It's the way to do it. That's a great combination for just, like, the most intense religious guilt you have ever experienced. It's good. You can feel bad about all the things. Mm. It's good. You can feel bad about everything. It's awesome. More religions, please. 
They actually, Alexander did not grow up in his birthplace. I have, if I had to pick a reason why they left, I would say hmm. economic hmm. opportunity. Uh, I don't know. Oh, obviously. I can't decide why so a Jewish fun. family would leave a place that has on the books discrimination laws against Jews. I, it's a real puzzle yeah, to the, me. It can't be because they felt unwelcome. I'm sure it was a cheerful little town. It could not. I've heard I've, the term sundown towns, I understand, refers mm. to towns that have lovely views at sunset. Yeah, because it's, it's sort of this odd thing where it's just like, on the book probably means that, like it, it definitely wasn't enforced but like you do not have that kind of thing on the book unless there's a general cultural attitude yeah it's not good it's not good yeah, in the area um not good so alexander grant actually grew up in briarcliff new york and he was essentially which sounds like almost like the same town yeah it's it's the same it's just <laughs> it's the exact same pattern you went from like in a forest to thorns near a cliff you know <laughs> Just places named after geography. Mm. Mm. Picturesque. Yeah, it's a little town in upstate New York. So at Alexander Grant, as a teenager, was good at everything. Just literally everything. Um, everything. At Briarcliff Manor High School, he was a member of the International Tri-M Musical Honor Society, which recognizes musically gifted students who also achieve high academic grades and also do community and school service. Oh, it's so pretentious. So he was that kid. <laughs> relentlessly pretentious. You know what, kids Kids that are musically gifted, if you had an A-plus and you played the trombone and you volunteered oh. at the Senior Society, you needed some recognition. There's, yeah. it's, it's this not is, coming. This <laughs> particularly keen teenagers. Yeah, I don't think you're getting a lot of recognition from your peers for your skills on the flugelhorn. You kind of need someone to step in. No. <laughs> in fact, like like there's probably an active there's probably an active social deficit. You're you're being actively punished in terms of social isolation for this behavior. <laughs> you are There's some some adult has to correct correct the egregious like the egregious market distortion, the egregious market failure that is how much your peers are gonna tease you for being a fucking nerd. I was gonna say, you know the exact temperature of the water in the toilet bowl, and you are forced to mm. test it regularly with your face. Mm. That's what yeah, every time to every you. time the shower gets slightly too cold, you just have flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, he also won a regional prize in mathematics in the Intel Science and Talent Search. And, oh, uh, musical he, and mathematician. He did. Goodness gracious. And he graduated from Briarcliff with high honors. Oh, that is lovely. Of course he did. He but was like, a geek. Actually, he was very popular. He was apparently very talented, yeah. very popular, very bright. Like, he was just the, you know... I bet he was symmetrical, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you can find photos. He's he's just a just an all-American kid. He's just sort of good at everything. Um, mm. Very bright. I look up the photos, but literally they mean nothing to me. Also, I mean, it's kind of hard to find Alexander Grant. It's not the most unique name in the world. Mm. But, um... How would I know I was looking at the right Alexander Grant? You wouldn't. That's the whole thing. You just, you wouldn't. Uh, it's This is not a very famous case. Yeah. It's even the kind of name that you would just give, like, default, like, all-American protagonist. He was. He was no, default all-American protagonist. Grant, young Alexander Grant, the all-American boy... He, he kind of was. Yeah, on an adventure. He was sort of good at everything. There was Everything was going great. And then in high school, after high school, rather, uh, he decided, how can I get even more awesome? So he enrolled at Boston College, where he was an economics major, and he secured a three-year internship at a place called Risk Resources LLC, which is a financial advisory company here in New York City. 
He was also involved with, like, what appears to just be the master list of good charities. So he was involved, <laughs> literally, this is just, if you just had to list good charities. Charities' greatest hits. <laughs> he was. Uh, Meals on Wheels, Doctors Without Borders, the Robin Hood Foundation, Friends of the Rockefeller State Park Reserve. Just that last one, for just for flavor. Mm, just, you know, just a little bit of, just a sous-son, just a taste of something a little intriguing and exotic. Just a little bit of character. His friend Dimitri Demeropoulos was diagnosed with terminal cancer. I know it's a funny name, but I can't make a joke because <laughs> Dimitri's... He did have cancer. Yeah, he died, actually. <laughs> and uh, he died. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be all over the name Dimitri Demeropoulos. Because it is hilarious. It's excellent. If you, if but your it belongs surname to a dead man. <laughs> is Demeropoulos and you name your kid Dimitri, you have a healthy sense of humor. Or you have no sense of humor. It's yeah, one either of the that two. or you want him to be a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's great. It's fantastic. Mm. But no, actually it's it's not fantastic because he did get mm. cancer and in the final months of Dimitri's life, Alexander really threw himself into fundraising for charities involved with cancer, fundraising for cancer research. So just responding to his friend's impending death in the healthiest fucking way possible. Yeah, pretty much. He was he was great. Uh, he founded his school's- Just relentless maturity. He founded his school's first fraternity. He maintained excellent grades in college, and he was nominated for the Golden Key Honor Society. Of course he was. Yeah, he also found time, somehow, because I'm pretty sure this kid didn't fucking sleep. He found the time- <laughs> Seriously, he, he played in a band called the Jays. <laughs> Which performed oh. in venues around New York City. So he was in a band, found the founding member of a fraternity. He was fundraising for cancer research. He was involved with a handful of different charities. He had an and he was maintaining his grades. Yeah, he was doing great, which makes it all the more strange that he never finished his degree. He passed away in his sophomore year, so that just took a really somber turn. Oh yeah, like I I feel sad now. I was about to just say like. He sounds, he sounds nice. I'd like to be his friend. Right. He's very dead. He's doing great work. And he was right up until he died at the age of 19. So that's what the whole, the reason that we had to list that very long and sort of depressing list of his accomplishments, though, is that it really underscores like how strange this is. Mm -hmm. How out of character this is. So in 2011, Alexander went to Saratoga Springs, New York during his spring break to visit a friend from his hometown who was attending Skidmore College. This was... Skidmore. Sk I know. It's it's a funny name, but it's a very reputable school. They just they just name stuff after people. You went to Skidmore. They, at no point when they're naming colleges, they ever stop and think like, mm, do I want to wear this name on a t-shirt? Like, that wasn't a concern. Hmm. It was it, like they were not considering the future earnings of the guest shop. <laughs> yeah, they're not. That was not their primary concern. No, how the bookstore hoodies are gonna sell. That's not what they think of. I've always thought that every company and every institution needs at least one 13 year old boy, maybe a 13 year old girl if they're sufficiently immature, to just sit in on their meetings and point out the obvious mean things people are gonna say. <laughs> Every ad run by them. Somebody needs to vet school colors because if I had chosen a oh graduate... If I had chosen a university based on school colors, I would not have picked the University of Alberta or Columbia University. No. <laughs> yeah, they call it the green and gold. It's closer to, like, 
I don't know it's what you'd call it. It's forest like the and hunter. mustard. It's Yeah, it's forest and mustard. <laughs> it's our alma mater school colors. And it's hideous. No, the, the redeeming thing, though, is that the University of Alberta does not require you to wear the school colors to your graduation. Thank goodness. You mean I avoided going to my grad for nothing? Yeah, they would have made you just wear it. It's just a black robe with a hood. I just hate going outside. That's correct. You burn in direct sunlight. Mm. Any amount of it. That's exactly. Uh, you, your cover would have been blown. Just <laughs> mm. bright lobster red revealing myself as a vampire. No, uh, Columbia, though, took the approach where they're like, all right, our school color is a heinous powder blue. Oh, it is... It's quite something. It's something. It is, and specifically, it's something I have not seen off of a baby. No, you you outgrow this color at the age of six months. <laughs> but if you go but to the Columbia... Moment, the moment you gain object permanence and just realize how ridiculous you look... You're like, you oh god, what is this? this. <laughs> no, but if you go to Columbia, they dress you from head to toe in it for your graduation. The hat's mm. blue, your robe is blue, it's just everybody's blue. It's all blue. It's excellent. Powder I mean, like, blue. You've already paid them a million dollars, you've already paid up, a- choked up a million dollars to get to this point. Presumably they feel like they can do anything to you. Apparently I- You'll just take it, you little bitch. I can't pay for a better color. That's- <laughs> I've checked. I've checked. Getting Getting back to Alexander, that's where he was at the weekend that he died. It was at Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs. And this would have been the latter portion of his sophomore year. So, on Saturday, March 5th, Alexander attended a massive Project X-style house party that was being held at- I don't think that's the sound a party makes. Um, I don't get invited to a lot of parties. Yeah, I don't- apparently you get invited to people clanging spoons together, because that's what that sounds like. (laughs) It's a laser show. Maybe just the parties I've been to are way cooler than the ones you've been invited to, Janelle. It's just you alone in your bedroom making laser sounds while you play with a laser pointer. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Party at the Peugeot house. No, this was this was a 300-person party. There was 300 people in attendance. It was being held at two different houses, 146th Street, 146th and 150th on Church Street. Um, alcohol being served, the whole college party thing. Damn. Just a normal. I've been to. I've been to one of these style parties. I did a bunch of shots out of a super soaker, and <laughs> it's not in my top ten best life decisions. I'm not entirely sure how I got home. I once went to a party with a THC fountain, and I I thought I'd lived. <laughs> nope. No one ever brought out a super soaker. You gotta do cheap tequila out of a super soaker. They just fire it right down your throat. You don't even need a lime. <laughs> There's no way to utilize a lime in that situation. You just try not to vomit. There are no limes. There, we 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 take our cheap alcohol like men <laughs> in unwise amounts for unwise periods of time. Why would alcohol be a beverage when it can be ammunition? <laughs> so so much better. I prefer my alcohol as an aerosol. <laughs> oh my god. That's that's college parties, Jessica. They're they're the shadowy place, and you must never go there. Um, the last college party I went to, someone lit a banana on fire and threw it out of an 18th story window. So they it, it really was there also a Molotov cocktail. Oh yeah, someone tried to make one of those. So you know, was that the less interesting thing? Because we didn't throw it. 
the banana oh, got gosh. thrown. Yeah, so college parties <laughs> have not improved at, at any point in the seven years that I've been in post-secondary. They're not... They're... Carnivals of debauchery, as always. Excellent. So, Alexander showed up to this party at around 11pm, and he left just half an hour later at 11.30pm. This is the last time anyone actually saw him alive. That's also, that's both a very odd time for him to arrive and a very odd time for him to leave. It's very strange to go to a big, raging, 300-person party and stay for half an hour. And then yeah, that, leave by yourself without any of your friends. It's, it's a very odd set of circumstances. Mm. Uh, I told you, this is kind of where it gets weird. So his friends reported that he appeared to have been drinking, but they didn't notice anything odd or unusual about his behavior. Like, they, this was just a normal night. They didn't have anything strange to report. Yeah. He showed up, he came to a party, he drank some things, and then he left. He seemed drunkish. The leaving part is the weirdest part. It is. Um, well, no, actually, the, the rest of the shit that goes down right now is the weirdest part. Mm. So, nobody actually knows where Alexander was originally heading after leaving the party at 11.30pm. We don't know actually what his intentions were, but we do know where he ended up. So, at noon the next day, on Saturday, March 6th, that was hard to read, police responded to a break-in at a medical office building located on Care Street, which is kind of adorable. <laughs> C-A-R-E. It's so twee. They put the medical office the care bears. on Care Street. This is an adorable Aww. town. They put the fucking debauchery house on Church Street, so they're not perfect, but you know. <laughs> it's a bit like, uh, bit like, bit like St. Catherine Street in, in, in Montreal. <laughs> yeah, that's not a place- I can't remember if that's the one with the churches or the brothels. <laughs> a bit of both. Mm. A little bit of both. It's a great place to spend time on time. your knees either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gross. I have. You need to apologize immediately, probably to your relatives. <laughs> to my mother or to God? <laughs> to me, there is no difference. <laughs> okay, all right. But on comments about my relationship with my mother aside. That's healthy. Um, so, Care Street is just off of Church Street. Uh, they're very, very close by. Yeah. So when the police arrived on the scene, they found a window had been smashed out and there was a significant amount of blood inside the building, which has got to be an unsettling thing to show up to mm. in a town the size of Saratoga Springs. Yeah. Significant. Yeah, the word significant is used in every article about this case. <laughs> a significant <laughs> amount of blood. It's it's like a good amount of word because I'm like, does that have a specific definition? Is there like a specific amount of blood before it's a significant amount of blood? Is there is like, there a blood scale like like, mm. like I used to have really high blood pressure and any every time I got upset I would have like furious nosebleeds, and uh, so one time my mother thought I had bled out in the bathroom, uh, due to a high high powered spray, but uh. Was that a significant amount of blood? Should there, like, should my mother have reported that to the police? Like, should my, should, should there be an ongoing investigation, they have opened an investigation into my mysterious disappearance up the stairs? Like, I don't know, what? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. My, my roommate actually has severe nosebleeds all the time. She has severe chronic nosebleeds, and I keep trying to convince her that this is an ideal time to fake her own death and run away. <laughs> Live out the rest of her life under an assumed identity, but she's not taking the bait. Oh man, I like her. This is, I'm not trying to get rid of her. Fun. I'm just trying to help her out of her student loans. You know, just make her let her live her own her best life. Freedom in freedom, freedom <laughs> from these chains. <laughs> uh, no, 
But apparently, yeah, apparently this was more than a dribble of blood. This was enough that they were taken aback. And other than the broken window, nothing else in the building appeared to have been damaged or stolen. So when police Weird. when police check the security just break camera, break in and bleed everywhere. Yeah, it's the, my master plan. I just smash through windows and just sort of drip on things. I don't. I haven't made a lot of money yet so far. It's, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. It's not really. I don't know if it's a victimless crime. I'm the victim <laughs> and the perpetrator. <laughs> is that even criminal at that point who knows yeah i don't take anything and i leave dna everywhere it's the perfect crime <laughs> they're like they're gonna arrest you but just to have a talk mm, they just want to know what's up <laughs> it's, it's a concern you're gonna get away scot-free <laughs> no no i think i might meet and some possibly people. with an appointment with the psychiatrist I was gonna, yeah i'm i'm coming out of that with some appointments <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> the police are going to be checking in on you. <laughs> I'm going to get in some wellness checks. But uh, yeah, no. So when police checked security camera footage, they discovered that a white male had arrived at the building at 1.15 in the morning, wearing only a long sleeve shirt, boxer shorts, and a single sock. He kicked through the front window of the building, sustaining a significant cut on his foot in the process. Was it the socked foot or the unsocked foot? They did not specify, but I was wondering the same oh. thing. I don't think a sock's <laughs> going to protect you from a window, so... Yeah, I just... <laughs> yeah, so he kicked through the window, cut his foot, and then proceeded to just sort of hang out in the lobby for 45 minutes, bleeding all over the place. Oh, God. Yeah, he, he didn't touch anything or make any attempt to break into just... any of the medical offices. Just came in... Forcefully, Kool Aid man, his way in. He just Kool Aid man his way. way right through. Why is emu a verb? Just, I we literally made a, a reference to the Kool Aid man referring to emus last episode. But yes, he just oh yeah, just like gets into the hospital and then he just hangs out to a, to a medical office. Yeah, to a, this is where, this is where you go when you have a weird outpatient appointment. Here's the thing, it is really hard to kick through glass. Like glass, we usually think of it as fragile. Like, but, like, this is, like, professional business, like, establishment glass. Like, it's usually made, like, pretty break-proof. Yeah. It's usually safety glass. It is really hard to bust through safety glass. Yeah, I actually don't know the exact specifications of the pane of glass. Um, Despite comments to the contrary, we do research this podcast, but I did not quite get that information. About what kind of glass a medical office building had in its front window in 2011. But, uh, yeah, normally... But presumably safety glass. It's usually, usually safety glass. Yeah, especially if this is a medical office. They have confidential yeah. shit in there. But mm. it's, it's this, this is one of those weird outpatient buildings where you just go to get your blood taken in an office building and you feel weird yeah. about it. That's, that's what this is. Yeah, if you want to piss somebody off and kind of break the window, you can do that. But to smash like, through it like an angry Hulk, yeah, it takes a little more effort. It's like you just you know busted right into like like it's just busted right into a clinic for dropping off piss and semen samples. Um, as one bit does. odd, as one does. That's what I do every time I'm dropping off semen. Just um, just bust right in and just like here's some jizz. I don't want to know where you're getting that or for yeah, what my purpose sister works, my sister works in a lab that she uh, doesn't answer tells me a lot of delightful stories about 
various semen samples over dinner. I don't want to meet your family. I, I can firmly and proudly say that my my sister handles a lot of semen. Just a lot of... I would... I would start with... A lot with, of man juice. I would start with context before you tell people <laughs> that. Quite a few ropes of pearls. You are gonna get bricks thrown through the front <laughs> windows of your family home. <laughs> you have made your sister into the harlot of Grand Prairie. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure anyone who heard me say that would just be confused. <laughs> because my sister... I'm not gonna say she looks like a lesbian... <laughs> no, she, because she it's more absolutely that she looks projects like a, a full force force like a full force field that just sort of screams, "I am a lesbian." <laughs> also, I'm only gonna say this because I'm fairly sure my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. But women do not have sex with men in order to obtain semen most of the time. That's not really. We're not after that sweet, sweet end product. It's about the process. <laughs> It's more of a byproduct that we don't really know what to do with afterwards. Yeah, women are not actually all about that jizz. <laughs> no, this is not Nobody just like... Nobody likes this. Man, I'm not... I don't really want to hook up with him. I just want the jizz. I'm just... I've got to mm. just lie back and think of England so I can mm. just handle some jizz. That's not... <laughs> That's sweet, sweet white gold. I hope my mom never starts listening to this. All right. <laughs> my mom's been listening to this hi mom great hi jessica's mother i'm so sorry i'm sorry i said i'm sorry i said she looks like a lesbian no you're not but she totally does you're not sorry in the little slightest bit <laughs> uh, so alexander just sort of yeah just was just chilling in the lobby in the middle of the night for 45 minutes bleeding all over the fucking place he didn't touch anything or make any attempt to break into any of the medical offices inside the building and then he just kind of left at two in the morning. Weird. A little, yeah. Very weird. Nothing to instigate that. No real reason for Because, like, it would be less weird if he just, like, busted in, like, the Kool-Aid man. And took and something. out again. Yeah, or it just was like, oh, shit, this is not where I thought I was supposed to be. This because, is like, not my house. And then left. Yeah, like, or just, like... You just look confused and then left. Like, that would be significantly... It, it, it would still be weird. I will agree. It would still be weird. But, but less weird. Less weird. Less weird. It is less... Because, like, this seems to imply a level of disorientation that is very unusual. And it's ongoing. Like, I've been drunk enough ongoing. to go into the wrong spot. I've done that. Yeah. But you don't it's normally happened. hang out there for 45 minutes wondering what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. And then die. Shortly thereafterwards, we'll get we'll get into that part. Not in my experience. Generally, no. I don't often die at parties. <clears throat> yeah, like I've never just dissociated for two hours, busted into a to into a into a medical clinic, and then died. But I mean, like, we'll we'll kind of get into this later. But forty five minutes is actually quite a bit of time to sober up a little bit. Mm hmm. So we'll we'll get into that. So the next day, this is all happening March sixth. Alexander's friends became concerned when he didn't come home from the party, and around 5 p.m. that day, the three of them made their way down to the Saratoga Spring Police Department to re report Alexander missing. Because of course you would. He's a pretty regular guy. Yeah, when people don't show up when they're supposed to show up, you should report them missing. Mm. It's my life mm. advice for the week. If people are missing, report them Tell missing. Somebody. Yeah. 
Tell somebody appropriate. Don't sit on that information. Don't just tell anybody. Yeah, tell someone who can help you. <laughs> just, just look your debris deep in her eyes and say, I haven't seen my father in 12 years. <laughs> just nod and leave. <laughs> I just like to occasionally tell an employee at Starbucks my darkest secrets and then just never go back to that Starbucks. Mm. It's great. See, that's the real reason I should drink coffee. <laughs> I have a lot of darkness. <laughs> a lot of darkness lurking behind my eyes. Oh my god, that's not. I've started something that I can't stop. <laughs> so, police noticed that their description of their missing friend matched the man who'd been seen on security footage at the medical office. So, they showed the security footage to the teenagers and they were able to confirm that it was Alexander. So, yeah, apparently, if you have a good story, they'll show you police footage from an ongoing investigation. <laughs> that's what I was, was going to say. I was like. <laughs> Show you anything? Just, it struck me as uh, odd. Your friends missing? Oh, you want to look at this confidential security footage? Ah, I mean, there they, you go. They do release CCTV footage in the in the case of crimes. The cafe sure. next sure. to my house. For some reason, I was there the other day. <laughs> Jessica knows the story because I texted it to her. Um, the cafe near my house just has news on in the background constantly. Yeah. I, I go pretty normal. It's a pretty good cafe. I like to go if I don't want to walk more than a block. I'll just sit there and read be a nuisance gentrify the place up and um mm. they for some reason the other day had just a crime stoppers channel on it was literally <laughs> just footage cctv footage of various unsolved crimes around new york just... city asking you to phone in tips so like here's a crime that happened in the subway if you know anything phone in a tip here's an assault on 14th street if you know anything call in a tip <laughs> so not even like incidental mentioning of crime because it's the news or whatever just stabbing after stabbing after stabbing a, and you and coming to a cafe near you just grainy footage of cctv crime mm. and as i was oh, sitting there i was like i'm pretty sure they just like flipped to a random new york related channel i'm pretty yeah, sure like, this is a bit different than like the fact that like the blood donor clinic i always went to always had guy fieri like this is a little different that's odd that's just to raise your blood sugar just looking at him mm. gets it right up there just getting getting people excited, getting their heart rate. Yeah, I thought for sure this was just supposed to be background noise, but the the effect that it had was just like, drink coffee. You need to run. You need to run for your <laughs> lives. No one is safe in New York. Drink the coffee. You need energy. Run for your Consume lives. Caffeine is only alertness will keep you alive. Yeah, that's kind of the 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 effect that it had. It was not calming. <laughs> So it's kind of like dy- dystopian. I was just I like... just wanted to settle in with a latte and a book and just read and watch people walk by and I just be like, "Oh god, oh god, oh god." Yeah, so just <laughs> quietly hyperventilating. It was good. The world is dangerous, trust me, brother. Yep. 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 It's life here. <laughs> so, uh local police and the fire department. I don't know why the fire department came. They were invited on this field trip. They returned to the scene. Actually, that's not true. If you call, if you call emergency services, the fire department is coming. Yeah, they're they no matter come what. In they, case they need to open shit. They need if they if you need a door kicked down, they're coming for the trip. Emergency services returned to the scene of the break in and began to search the surrounding area for clues about Alexander's whereabouts. Uh, unfortunately, and this is going to come up several times. Alexander picked a week of really shitty weather to go. Mi- well, not to go missing to die. I mean, he did go missing. It's just that, like, he was missing because he was dead. It's really bad luck. It's really, really bad luck. There had been several hours of heavy rain between the time he left the medical office and the time police responded. Mm. So, although Alexander almost definitely left a blood trail as he left the area, it had been completely washed away. 
So mm. they were going into this thing blind. So the, the one thing that they did find in this initial search was Alexander's pants and a single sock located 150 feet from the building. Yeah, well, that's something. Yeah, his ID was in his inside his pants pocket confirming his identity. Why did Alexander take off his pants and a single sock on a rainy night when the temperature was in the high 30s? Fahrenheit. That is about three to four degrees yeah. Celsius for our Canadian audience. I mean, like, as as a northerner, as, as somebody who grew up in a vi- rather, rather chilly climate, the moment it hits 30 degrees, my pants just, like, levitate off of me. 30 degrees I just immediately Celsius. shed my pants like Celsius. I'm, like, <laughs> Celsius. But, uh... No, that's actually quite nippy. It's about three, four degrees Celsius here. I I keep my pants on. Also, I will cut myself out of my pants at thirty degrees Celsius. <laughs> I I don't even care. I need to escape. They're not. I am more sweat than human being. She's not wearing tearaway stripper pants, but that is the end result. Just rip those fuckers off. I will find the nearest sharp object and I will I will extricate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I will jaws of life myself out of these jeans. It would literally be faster to unbutton them. <laughs> it's not as dramatic. <laughs> of course. Uh, there's also no mention anywhere in any of the articles I read about Alexander's shoes. Where the fuck did his shoes go? I have no idea. I don't know, even know if they ever found his shoes. Oh my gosh, it didn't even occur to me that he'd be wearing shoes. Because normal people wear shoes and you <laughs> steadfastly refuse. You see them as evil foot prisons. <laughs> they are foot prisons! Let my toes be free! All Let right. my people go! Well, normal people wear shoes to commit small business invasions. And they definitely wear shoes outside. Yeah, it definitely would help him to, like, not cut his feet if he had had them. Yeah, d- don't know where his shoes fucking went. Those those are just gone. See, see, I just find it very odd, like, wearing one sock but not the other. You would assume you would take both off at once, because, like, while while you're down there. <laughs> you may as well. No, nope, like, just the one. He had had enough of that find, one sock in particular. I find having, like, one sock on and one sock off extremely uncomfortable. Nope, apparently he was down just, for it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Oh, all right. You enjoy being... Especially when the bare sock forces the hair the wrong way. Oh, no. The list of things that you like and don't like just sounds like somebody threw darts at a list of nouns. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason to this. Do not like... I like to be comfy. Wearing shoes in the wintertime. Like having both Milk? socks on. I don't know. Yeah, all, all you like... I actually don't like having socks on at all. All you like is milk and symmetry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only things you genuinely Even. enjoy. Great. Fantastic. Odd. <laughs> so odd. So to make matters worse, the weather continued to suck. I also like... Okay. I don't think that needed <laughs> to be whispered. Um, that's... Alright, great. Uh, good. Did I throw you off your game? No comment. No comment at all. I feel like that's something you say while you're surrounded by a ring of dead ones that just fly into your window at three in the afternoon without fail. <laughs> Just your daily bird suicides in a ring around you. Some sort of ritual. It was not su- they were not suicides. They were sacrifice. Alright, great. Good. I'm gonna get you some window stickers. Solve that problem for you. Release your souls, my children. <laughs> oh, good. Lend me your strength. <laughs> bird strength. That's what I look for. <laughs> God. 
That's what I put on all my resumes. The strength of a thousand, a, a thousand suicidal swallows. This is why you have to work from home. Back to poor Alexander. The weather continued to suck on the afternoon of March 6th. Search crews set out on foot and on ATVs to comb through the wooded areas north of Church Street, which had a railway track running through them. They did eventually find some footprints in the snow, but it had been snowing heavily with strong winds, and the tracks were completely gone before they could follow them. So they used thermo-imaging devices in the search without any luck. The conditions continued to deteriorate until the search had to be postponed due to weather conditions at 11.30pm that night. They picked back up the next morning at 9am on Monday, March 7th, with 50 emergency personnel joining in the effort, and searched from 9am till 6pm. This time they brought in the big guns, they brought in the tracking dogs, they brought in the police helicopters. They also tried to ping the GPS on Alexander's phone and came up with just nothing. Yeah, so, like, unlike a lot of the cold cases, the really odd cold cases that we end up covering, it seems like the locals made a genuine effort here and, like, were genuinely pretty well organized, but it just seems like the resources they had when they had them and the conditions they were facing just stymied their the search and, like, lost them valuable time. Oh yeah, like this had this had nothing to do with the work of the police. They were mm-hmm. they put, they were taking this very seriously. They did. They put a they put a, a large amount of effort into this. They did a great job. This this had nothing to do with them. Um, there was nothing they really could have done at this point. While they were searching mm-hmm. from nine a.m. to six p.m., the reason that they had to call it off at that point was because a full foot of snow fell while they continued to search. Which is not great when you're. Sp- think that you're searching for a pantsless young man who was bleeding the last time you have confirmed yeah. sight, like a confirmed visual on it's him. It's a pretty bleak outcome. Uh, yeah, you know that it's not good and that time is of the essence and that every second you don't find him, your odds mm-hmm. of having a tragic ending go up. And it, it did end tragically. Astronomically. It ended tragically on Tuesday, March 8th, around 11am. That's when they located Alexander's body. So he was located three-tenths of a mile from the medical office, and he Mm -hmm. was found submerged in a creek tangled in the underbrush. So the part where he was found was right at the bend of a creek in about four feet of open water. And the creek was particularly hostile at the time they located him because it had been, you know, there'd been heavy- You, You have a lot of precipitation. Yeah, heavy rain and snow, and there was quite a swift current at the time he was located. So it actually took them almost 90 minutes to get him out of the- the creek they had to firefighters had to go in using special cold weather uh, equipment and search and rescue equipment to get him out and when they found him he was still wearing the same thing he'd been seen wearing when he broke into the medical office the long sleeve shirt boxers and a single sock so they they are pretty sure that he died not long after leaving that clinic which makes sense he didn't get far no So Alexander's body was taken to the Albany Medical Center Hospital for an autopsy, which was performed by a forensic pathologist. And what they found was that the cause of death was ruled to be a combination of drowning and hypothermia. Although he'd lost quite a bit of blood, he hadn't lost enough to die, or even really, they don't think, to be seriously disoriented. The medical examiner Mm. said that the hypothermia would have been far more disorienting than the blood loss. You can actually lose quite a bit of blood. And just keep on kicking. When, like, the amount of blood they even take out when you donate blood is, like, it's quite a bit. It is quite a it's bit. It's substantial. And it is a sizable Capri Sun. <laughs> oh, no. Of, no, of blood. No, and no, no, 
It is a healthy sack of blood. Did I ever tell you the time that I went I went and donated blood with my roommate and the nurse offered him like offered to let him hold like his fresh blood? Oh my god. I didn't Cuz like I mentioned that like I had never I had never got to hold it and so she's just like, "Oh, do you want to?" and I'm like, "She just let me hold his still warm sack of blood." That's <laughs> A level of intimacy I do not need to achieve with anybody. Not even myself. (laughs) I do not need to hold a still warm bag of my own blood. I'm good. We are brothers now. (laughs) Oh my god. And also, like, nothing says this is not a clinic run by vampires. Like measuring blood in Capra Sun juice pouches. (laughs) You can donate blood. It's quite substantial. And you're basically a Mm -hmm. bowl of soup and a cookie away from being okay. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like, maybe You can skip home. I wouldn't operate a combine harvester the day after you yeah. give blood. But other Probably than not. that, you can kinda go I felt fine yeah. for the rest of the day. Like, I like, mean like I also I also wouldn't operate a combine harvester on like my anxiety medication. It's like it's it's would not let basically you basically fine. I would not allow you to operate a combine harvester under literally any conditions. <laughs> Yeah, like, you are no worse than my default state of being when you've had a little bit of your blood taken out. It's great. I don't know who that says more about. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I once I once did a um really depressing manual for uh, emergency service workers on how to find uh, runaway uh, autistic people. Um, Cheerful shit. Who sometimes, yeah, very, very fun, very fun. I, I looked at a lot of lifespan and death statistics and uh, mm. for uh, for disabled people, which is a delightful pastime, That's and uh, I was fine. Great, uh, yay! Uh, but um, a big a big thing is like generally speaking, when there are fatalities in those kinds of instances, it usually has to do with the person wandering into near a body of water, which can be extremely dangerous very quickly, especially if the elements are not are not ideal. Bodies of water if are you... bad news for missing people. They are very bad The news. proximity of a um, body of water, if you are lost, is a blessing and a curse. It's great for survival if you are coherent, but, like, they can get very deadly very quickly, even if you are only somewhat somewhat uh, inebriated or or impaired. Well, what they thought, the medical examiner made the same assumption about Alexander that you've probably made all the way through, both, you know, specific mm. you and general you, Jessica and audience, uh, that Alexander must have taken something and had one... I never make assumptions. Fucking hell of a bad trip. ass out of you and umptions. I, I, I need to tell you what idioms are. <laughs> They're not... They're not that. It's it's like you learned idioms by taking idioms and then putting them into a blender. <laughs> it's just it's all it's almost there. It's 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 not quite right. Not quite. But you know, I'm I'm very familiar with idioms. Idioms. I know them like the back of my head. I don't help you enough. <laughs> like you're fucking seeing eye dog for idioms. Awesome. But the medical examiner assumed that Alex had been fucking high out of his mind. They So they did a toxicology screening, because they can do that. And mm-hmm. when the first toxicology screening came back negative for drugs, they literally didn't believe it. So they did a second toxicology screening, and then the second screen came back clean from all drugs as well. 
So this was not... What? Yeah, see, you said you didn't make assumptions, and yet that is your shocked voice. (laughs) That's very unusual. Like, my assumption would not have been that he had maybe intentionally taken a drug, but, like... Shit happens. In that kind of circumstance, you would assume he'd at least been roofied or something. Maybe somebody's firing drugs out of a pellet gun. You never know what goes down yeah. in these places. I Like, apparently, at the average, you know, New York rager, the alcohol is aerosol. Mm. Maybe he just got hit by a super soaker. I don't know. You never know. No, this was, this was, I did not drink out of a super soaker in New York City. I drank out of a super soaker in Sackville, New Brunswick. Ah, yes. Where, incidentally, one of my classmates went missing under almost the exact same circumstances as Alexander Grant. So, there's just something about small... It's the super soakers. (laughs) There, this is, this is the revolution. (laughs) So, this doesn't mean that Alexander was sober, though. The autopsy did determine that he had a blood alcohol content of 0.16 at the time of his death. Which is pretty drunk. To be clear, that's pretty drunk. But is it wander away from a party and kick through a window in your sock feet drunk? Yeah, because wander away from a party, kick through a door in your sock feet, stand around staring at a medical office for 45 minutes, then wander off into the snow. That's pretty damn drunk. So I actually did some research on this, because that's what I do. Did some experimentation? Uh, No, not firsthand. (laughs) Absolutely not. Undergraduate test subjects? (laughs) All right, kids. Line up and take an unmarked water bottle. <laughs> this is a double blind study. The ethics counselor doesn't need to know about Absolutely this. Absolutely not. Uh, so the short but frustrating answer is that it depends on how often you drink. So there's a difference between your alcohol tolerance and your blood alcohol tolerance. So your alcohol tolerance is how many drinks it takes to get you to a certain point. So mm. some people reach a blood alcohol content of 0.08, which is the legal limit in some places, or at home, 0.05. Some people can get to that blood alcohol- Nanny state. In, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Telling me how much alcohol I can have in my blood. I'll dilute my blood as much as I want. The nanny state will fix you for free if you drink yourself into a fucking coma. So, you True. know- Win-lose. But I never do. So what's the point? What am I spending all this money on? Having other people's stomach pumped? <laughs> I don't see the worth of it. <laughs> oh, you're you'll spend enough time in hospitals for weird injuries. I feel confident of that. <laughs> so my stomach is a very bright shade of pink right now. <laughs> I oh my stop cooking without a shirt on. <laughs> this is going on the list of life rules, Jessica. There is don't eat lid. <laughs> Uh, if somebody goes missing, report it, and don't cook shirtless. <laughs> That's a good, solid set of rules to live by. Well, I mean, I was wearing a bra, so the nip-nops were safe. I don't ever need to hear that euphemism for nipples ever again. For as long as I live, I don't need to hear that one. I just, I kept the nibbly-bibbly safe. Oh my god, we were secure. that's worse. Nope. No, stop. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Um, the Nuberty Booberty. Oh, no. It's like you got your sex ad out of a Mother Goose rhyming book. <laughs> oh, my God. The Flesh Pebbles? I don't know. Nope. 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 I no longer want to have a body. I want to be a non-corporeal consciousness. 
because of the things you've just said. <laughs> uh, but your alcohol tolerance determines how many drinks it takes to get you drunk or to a certain point. Your mm-hmm. blood alcohol content tolerance determines what happens to you when you hit a certain point. So mm-hmm. for the a first time highly inexperienced drinker will black the fuck out at about 0.15. You'll lose consciousness around mm. 0.15. An average yeah. person on the other hand does not lose consciousness at 0.15. The average person is starts to be considered very seriously intoxicated at 0.2. And alcohol poisoning sets in for the average moderate regular drinker at 0.35. So like the zero point, like, whatever, that is literally how many parts of alcohol are in your blood compared to everything else that is in yeah, your, your blood. Yeah, your blood is zero like how much point... of, your, of your blood is composed of alcohol. If your blood is 0.2% alcohol, you are in trouble. But you're, you're mm. very seriously intoxicated. You're very seriously intoxicated, and you are in trouble. You are in medical distress at 0.35. Mm. That's when you need to seek medical attention. Uh, 0.4 is the LD50 for humans. That's the lethal dose 50, or the dose where 50% of humans will die. Fun, fun fact, though, experienced heavy drinkers have been able to reach a blood alcohol content <laughs> of 0.8. Not 0.08, the legal limit. 0.8. Without dying. And I had to look this up because I had to know. The highest... Holy shit, you have to be Kryptonian. Mm. Just an alcoholic Superman. Yeah, it's not... If you can reach a blood alcohol content of 0.8 successfully... You are an inebriated fucking Clark Kent. Yeah, that is not something you want to boast about. That is a cry for help. That is your body (laughs) weeping. It's it's your body's own tears being released into your bloodstream that's saving you. Yeah, your body wants so bad for you to be alive and you don't even care. Your blood just tastes like disappointment at that point. People could literally drink your blood and they would die of alcohol well, yeah, poisoning. The highest blood alcohol content ever recorded in a living person is 1.48. <laughs> And you can actually buy low alcohol beer that is weaker than that. <laughs> so that blood alcohol content came. I don't know if you can still say this. Is is this racist? I don't know. It came from Poland, which didn't surprise me at all. Can we still make Polish jokes? Sad, sad I don't know. People. But it came from Poland, and I was like, yeah, okay. I I think it's fairly safe. Like. <laughs> I think it's, like, significantly backed up by the data that people in the Eastern Bloc have rough lives. <laughs> oh my god. And the guy, this came from a man who was involved in a car crash, so when they breathalyzed him, they were like, oh, oh shit. He actually survived the alcohol intoxication. He later succumbed wow. to his injuries from the crash, like, he didn't really make it out of this incident alive, but he did survive the intoxication. So there you go, kids. If I- you... Believe in yourselves, and you work hard. You can reach almost a blood alcohol content of 1.5%. You can approach that. <laughs> you can be so drunk that the rescue workers who pull you out of the car crash get a little bit tipsy. Yeah. <laughs> just from breathing your air. That's, that's just your respiration. Never let anyone tell you that dreams don't come true. This man's blood, I am a... N- I am a notorious teetotaler. This man's blood was so alcoholic, it was quite a bit more alcoholic than I prefer my drinks. <laughs> yeah, several religions probably can't touch this man without <laughs> violating their holy text. No. 
absolutely not. It's not good. Just having skin contact with this fellow, I think, would get you excommunicated from some religions. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. (laughs) But that makes it hard to judge really how drunk Alexander was. 0.16 is high, but it is, mm-hmm. it's not possible to know if that was a wild night for Alexander or if that was a catastrophic blackout night for him without knowing mm-hmm. his drinking habits. If he'd never really had alcohol before, and this is a first, uh, yeah, if if he'd been drinking kind of regularly since the age of 16, then yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely not. So it's hard to say. And it's also important to keep in mind that like when you stop drinking, your blood alcohol content actually rises. Mm. So after you stop, you still have an hour or two with your your blood alcohol is going up as you metabolize, as you start to digest the alcohol that's sitting in your stomach. This is not an instantaneous Mm -hmm. process. If you want instantaneous cocaine, heroin, (laughs) since you're not, unless you're- Which you don't want, by the way. We're not advocating that. This is not an advocation. But But generally speaking, it takes a while to- for your body to process something like alcohol. Yeah, so even once you've stopped drinking, you can expect to continue to get more drunk. So it's hard Mm -hmm. to- it's really hard to chart out how drunk he was over the course of the night and when he stopped drinking. So even if he had left the party uh, at 11.30 and had not had a drink for the rest of the night, that doesn't mean that his blood alcohol content didn't keep rising. It would have. Yeah, and it probably was very hard for them to tell when he had died because of the circumstances. Like, he was outside, but it was cold, but, like, you know, it's uh, it, like it was in the water. Like, it'd be very hard for them to tell exactly when he had died and to make a timeline based on his body chemistry. Well, yeah, so... Even if they did know when he stopped drinking. There's a bunch of questions about the night Alexander died. What really happened to him? Like, we don't really know. So, police estimate that he died actually a few hours after being seen on that tape. They think that he was probably walking somewhere upstream when he fell into the water and that his body was swept down to the river bend where it got stuck. But no one really knows what he was up to during those missing hours. Also remember that he left the party at 11.30 and turned up at the medical office at 1am. It doesn't take 90 minutes to walk between those locations and they don't know what he was doing during that time. They're very close together. That's odd. Yeah, and... Like, officially, his death has been ruled as an accident, but there's no solid explanation for why a high-achieving young kid, great social support system, lots of friends, well-liked, no history of mental illness, no history of behavioral problems, with no drugs in his system, and a not catastrophic amount of alcohol in his bloodstream, decided to leave a party, take his pants off, break into a medical office, and then fall into a creek. That doesn't make... That's really strange. It's strange when you put it into a sentence. It gets... It's really, really odd. The police kind of theorized that Alexander might have removed his pants and his sock as a consequence of hypothermia. One of the major symptoms of mm. hypothermia is something called paradoxical undressing. So Yes, yes, yes. When your body temperature... I know about this from the Donner Party. Uh, you also know about this from being Canadian. Because <laughs> when you grow up in Canada, they they remind you of the symptoms of hypothermia... Constantly. All the time. You learn this in grade school. You do. This is drilled into you. And if you're if 
And if your parents did not inform you what that tingly feeling you, you get when you stay outside too long, like, if you don't know this before the age of five, your parents have failed you. They they resent you, you ruined their marriage, they never wanted to have you, you were a mistake. Wow. Like, that's oh. what that means. Oh. Like, if your parents did not inform you about, like, the symptoms of frostbite, they just never loved you. <laughs> that's, that's what it means in a Canadian childhood. That's how they do it in Canada. Just, all right, Timmy. You were never loved, and now it's time for you to be with the wolves. <laughs> Off you go. As someone who has actually been dangerously hypothermic, it is incredibly disorienting. And once your body temperature dips below a certain point, you start to feel warm. And then all of a sudden, you are way too warm, and you start taking all your clothes off. The human body is mm-hmm. fascinating. But I did yeah, learn... Sometimes the data you feed in doesn't come out right. It does. No. Also, if you are not good at cross-country skiing, you should probably not go on a 26-kilometer cross-country trek with a 60-pound pack on your back. That's what I learned. Mm, that's that's good to know. You could fall in a snowbank and then have that snow melt and then be completely covered in wet clothing as the sun's going down and then get hypothermia on a mountain. Mm. That's a series of events that can happen to you. As, as someone who is pasty and very sensitive, I have I have nearly gotten hypothermia and hyperthermia hyperthermia on the same day, so uh, I'm a fun individual. That's kind of what Vancouver put into their travel ads. You can ski <laughs> and swim s- on the same day. Heat stroke <laughs> and hypothermia. <laughs> and then hyperthermia? hypothermia? <laughs> we got the place for you. Absolutely. But yeah, they think that he may have taken his pants off and his sock off as a symptom of hyperthermia, but it doesn't totally explain it because... Why did he go outside in the first place? And can you really become that hypothermic in 90 minutes on a night when it is not below freezing? Yeah. Like, it's not below freezing. Like, he had been at a party. And then, like, he goes and he spends, like, and, like he's already lost his pants by the time he hits the clinic. Also, alcohol can make you feel a lot warmer than you are. Like, people often talk about, like, oh, you know, drinking a bit of alcohol to warm yourself up. That's just a sensation of being warm. It's actually worse. Because... Your blood's thinner. It actually, it's actually, it's actually worse, because it thins your blood, it dilates your blood, your blood vessels. So, like, it actually makes you get cold faster. But still, I have been drunk and outdoors. Yeah. Uh, in similar conditions for longer than 90 minutes, and you get cold, but you don't get disoriented hypothermic as, as like a, a like a, a canadian with like a relentless disregard for my own personal comfort but not my own personal safety like i have walked home like it just had it took a two-hour walk outside at night at these kind of temperatures yeah i have like on a regular basis i would do that the my brush with serious hypothermia happened up a mountain in temperatures that were dipping down to minus 20 when i was completely soaking wet this was mm-hmm. this was not a gentle walk home. This was in extreme conditions. And even then, it's still... I still didn't reach the point where I was hysterical. And no. I was still... Never mind to the point of... Yeah, I, I still hung on. Like I, eventually, somebody found me, and I was not okay. And they made me change clothing on the side of a mountain, and I was fine. But they got me to the cabin in time. I have all my original toes. It's okay. But it took a while... To kind of go from, I'm uncomfortable, to like, I am in serious medical danger. Yeah, and it's like, it's the kind of thing where it's just like, unless you are deeply impaired at that moment, why wouldn't you do something to address it? He broke in somewhere, presumably that had internal heating. Even if it 
wasn't the the they don't let buildings freeze at night. The pipes will freeze no. and burst. They keep buildings even if they don't keep buildings. Yeah, they're heated to a comfortable temperature at night. They have some heat going so the pipes don't burst. Yeah, and the very least it wouldn't be like standing in the middle of a blood-covered lobby is at the very least warmer than walking around in your sock/bare feet outside. Right. So what like, like, if he is, like, hypothermic at this moment, if we think that this is paradoxical undressing, there's no way, like, why would he go back outside again? And he's a block away from his friends. He's yeah. really close to his friends at this point, and he's presumably is warmed up after 45 minutes inside. Why is he not realizing what's going on? Why is he not reaching out for help? Yeah, like, Presumably there's phones in there. And it's like even if you even if you wouldn't recover from hypothermia in those conditions, like you should have a little more clarity than when you first came in. That's what makes this whole case so unbelievably strange. So, incidentally, if you have any information that could shed some light on what went down, and you've been sitting on it for seven years for some reason, yeah, you just didn't think that was that was anyone would be interested. Yeah, uh, now's as good a time as any. Get in touch with the Saratoga Springs Police Department. At one point, they'd be curious. The family was offering a $100,000 reward for information at some point in the past. Uh, they seem to have largely sort of accepted that they're never going to know what happened to their son. But, you know, cut them some slack. Drop them a line. Mm. After Alexander's death, his family actually filed... Don't be cheap. Don't... Uh, yeah. His family filed a $5 million lawsuit against nine of the people who organized the party that he attended the night he died on the grounds of illegally providing alcohol to a minor, to our, you know, our, our, our audience is still largely Canadian, so remember that the drinking age in the U.S. Oh, 50-50. Is 21. It's, he's 19, mm. he's a minor. Even for, like, half of, like, half for half of Canada, like, it's, it's under, it's under 19, so you, this may, this may surprise you. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's good to get rip-roaring drunk in public in Nova Scotia, but not, not in yeah. New York. They're a little frailer down south. We like to keep them safe from the evils of alcohol. The devil, the devil's spirit. Like a baby crib made out of prohibition. <laughs> <laughs> so, the family didn't file this lawsuit to get money. That wasn't really the point. They didn't want to file it. They were just hoping that the threat of legal action would prompt people... Would shake something loose. Yeah, they hoped that having people investigated would sort of scare them into giving information that they might otherwise not have come forward with. To get some more clarity about what happened the night he died, but none of them ever did. And when it became clear that they weren't getting any more information than they already had, the family dropped the lawsuit. And that's kind of been the last to come of this case. That's kind of it. So there you go. There's your nightly dose of existential horror. Betty bye bugaboo. Good night, everybody. I guess, uh, like, sweet dreams. <laughs> maybe don't listen to our podcast before you go to bed. That's Yeah, maybe maybe first thing in the morning is a bit healthier. <laughs> maybe you should start your day out this way and just really? Do you get, want head this off to, to be... the office listening, listening to this podcast and then just, like... Greet, greet your coworkers with a dead-eyed, with a dead-eyed stare. <laughs> does, does, does Just filled really... with the horrors of the world. I don't think I'd want to start my morning with this. I want some pump-up yeah, What's music. better, lunch? <laughs> I don't know. I want to start my morning your, your with- Your Pilates class? Some, you know, kind of pumps you up, gets you going, not like, good morning, remember you will die and maybe it will never be solved. Your family will grieve until they too die. That's maybe not- One day, your 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 your, your name will slip will slip from everyone's lip, lips and there will be no one who remembers you. Sweet Ta-ra. dream. <laughs> At any moment, there's- no matter how successful you are- how stable you are, and how many good decisions you make, you can just kind of die.
in a creek under <gasps> mysterious circumstances. Sweet dreams. Night, dear. I, I think our podcast is a solid mid to late afternoon affair. Maybe maybe on the bus ride home when you're already kind of feeling down about the being a mm. cog in the capitalist system. You just want to, like, fully commit to that ennui. <laughs> I gotta keep this bad mm. mood going. Let me get some yeah. fat French and fabulous. Roll up to your Pilates class just filled with rage and despair. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm pretty sure if it makes it makes that hot yoga all the more all the more vivid. Yeah, you can tell neither of us have ever been to a fucking Pilates class. I mean, like it's kind of in the title. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we sound like we eat poutine while while researching the death the deaths of perfectly lovely young men. It's a valid lifestyle choice. <laughs> it's a culture? I will not hear otherwise. It's a uh, it's a religion almost. Uh, I think you should need to respect my respect my 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 traditional beliefs. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Not how that works. Not how religious protection clauses work. But okay. I I just recently read about someone who wore a colander for her driver's license photo on the grounds that she worked worshipped the giant flying spaghetti monster. People, that's the only so, point of that uh, religion existing. The only reason <laughs> that the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster exists is so people can legally have grounds to take colander photos for their license. That it's just being a dick to the poor innocent bureaucrats of the DMV. That's the only reason it exists. That's their only goal in being a thing. Mm. And I stand by that. It's let the Colander hate photos in every driver's wash license. over me. Mm. You are I love what they do, but that, the that is the same reason why do. you claim to be a Jedi on the uh, on the for the national census. Absolutely, come at me. Anyway, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Fat French and Fabulous. Enjoy the right word. We hope you fear appreciate fear the world. Don't go outside. <laughs> Experience appropriate terror and awe. Awesome. I've been Jessica, and I am still Janelle, and we fat, are Fat French. French and fabulous. fabulous. Woo! As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and continuing to support us. Clearly, we haven't driven you guys away with our depressing topics yet, so thank you very much for that. I do want to add a little bit of information to this episode. After we finished recording, Jessica's mother actually provided some additional information on the case because the woman is a living, breathing, true crime encyclopedia. Uh, Alexander Grant was actually spotted on security camera at 11.31 to 11.34, walking along the side of the train tracks. So just some additional information that we forgot to add to the actual episode. Other than that, we would absolutely love it if you guys would write us a review. Reviews on places like the iTunes directory, any kind of app that you listen to your podcast, our Facebook page. Anywhere you can leave us a review is super helpful to us. It lets other people find the podcast, and it helps us get through the day, knowing that at least somebody out there thinks we're awesome. So thanks very much to everybody who has written a review. If you like us, we'd love it if you'd leave one. Also, if you enjoy us, be sure to subscribe. You can do that in a number of ways. You can do that on any app where podcasts are found. You can also subscribe to us on all of the various social medias. We are on most of them. You can find us on Facebook at Fat French and Fabulous. You can find us on Twitter at Fat French Fab. And if you only like one of us and you think the other one is a blowhard gas bag, that's fine too, although you're kind of a jerk. And you can find me on Twitter at VeryBadLlama. And you can find Jessica on Twitter at I'm Not a Lungfish because we steadfastly refuse to have normal Twitter handles. So I think that's it for this week. If you like us, write a review and subscribe. And other than that, we will see you next week.